This summer, we are focusing on building deep relationships with one another. And I don't know about you, but like I, I want deep relationships in my life. I, I want there to be people who I can call at three in the morning and I know they're going to pick up. Uh, I want people who are going to be patient with me. Uh, I want people who I know are going to listen to me. Uh, I know, want people that they know the things that are going on in their life and they, that they care and they want to help uh, when there's things that they can do, like they're coming alongside, that they're just doing whatever they can to help me and be with me as I go through all the highs and lows of life. I want people like that in my life. And... When it's convenient, when I have the time, well, when it doesn't like intrude too much on the other things that I want to do, I would also like to be that for other people too. A couple years ago, uh, it was almost 15 years ago, uh, some really good friends of ours uh, were getting married and they were throwing this kind of joint bridal shower. And, uh, and, I, and I do, like, I, I want to be the kind of friend who's, like, there for my friends. And so if they're, you know, going through, you know, low points, I want to be there for them. And if they're, you know, celebrating big things in their life, like, I want to be alongside them for the, for the highs and lows of life. Uh, and I want to be the kind of person who, if they're throwing a party, you know, I'm there early, you know, I'm one of the last ones to leave, and I'm helping set up and helping tear down. And during the party, I want to actually really be there, like, be present, you know, not, not distracted. And on that day, I, I wanted to be all of those things. But uh, it was also, uh, it was Memorial Day Sunday. Uh, and if you know me, uh, Memorial Day Sunday is the day they run the Indianapolis 500. And I love the Indianapolis 500. And so I wanted to be there for my friends, but I was also checking my phone. And I was going inside to check how the race was going and how it was starting. And actually, by the end, I, I wanted to watch the end of the race, so I ended up leaving the party early so I could go home and I could sit in front of my TV and I could watch the race all by myself. And on that day, I, I showed with my actions where my love, where my priorities really were. And later on that day, I, I had to call my friends and tell them that I was sorry because I had chosen to not be a very good friend. Uh, and I don't know about you, but one of the things that stands in the way many times of me building deep relationships in my life is that I can just be pretty darn selfish. Uh, so right now I'm sitting in uh, our minivan uh, because we are in the process of being on a, a week, a couple of week long trip uh, to the Midwest, to central Illinois to visit family. And so my little family, uh, Ashley, Mari, Liam, and our dog, uh, we have spent over a thousand miles in this van over the last couple days. Uh, and let me tell you about uh, my family and the folks who have been in this van for the last couple days. There is some strong opinions. Uh, there is some big agendas uh, about things like uh, how, what the temperature of the van should be, uh, what we should be listening to currently, uh, how close who's ever driving should be to the car in front of them, uh, when we should stop to go to the bathroom. You know, should we stop now, or maybe we can get to just one more exit up the road. And the question is, when you have a bunch of people in the same vehicle, all with different ideas and different agendas and different plans, 
who wins? Like, who gets their way? Uh, who is the one who gets to decide, here is what we are going to do? Uh, and the thing is, is that it kind of depends on, like, what voices in life you're listening to. Uh, because there's a lot of different things out there that will tell you different ways of how you are supposed to act and how you are supposed to behave in relationships and who should win, who should get their way. Uh, we talk a lot about the idea of discipleship. Uh, and particularly, of course, we want to be disciples of Jesus. Uh, we want to look at what Jesus said, what he did, and we want to try to copy that in our life. Uh, but you can be disciples of lots of things, not just Jesus. And there's lots of different messages out there that are competing for us to, to follow and to be all about. Uh, and just as we were driving, I saw lots of different messages. Uh, I saw bumper stickers that said things like YOLO, uh, which means you only live once. And so, man, like, make the most of it. Uh, or I saw a bumper sticker that said, treat yourself. Uh, it's this idea that you should go out of your way to do good things for yourself. Like if you see something, if you want it, go ahead and do it. Uh, as we were driving into the state of Pennsylvania, and all love to you uh, from people from Pennsylvania, uh, but apparently uh, the new-ish, I think, slogan of the state of Pennsylvania is pursue your happiness. Uh, or my personal favorite, uh, whenever you drive past a Burger King, you can have it your way right away. Uh, and and I, I'm in. Like, I like those things. Like, I want to treat myself. Uh, I want it my way right away. Like, I want to pursue my happiness. I want to get what I want, when I want it. I want it to go my way. The problem with that is, is that, like many of you, I've been waking up and I've been spending time reading about what Jesus said and reading about what Jesus did and trying to figure out what does it look like to love like Jesus loves. And Jesus' message is just so different and countercultural than that. When Jesus says to love other people, it just looks different. Uh, this summer, uh, we are looking at a group of passages called the One Another Passages. Uh, so Jesus has this big command in John 13 where he says, A new command I give you. I want you to love one another as I have loved you. And this is how the world is going to know that you are my disciples. This is how they're going to know that you are following me if you really love one another. And then throughout the New Testament, there's these 59 other one another verses that help describe, show us what it looks like to really be a disciple of Jesus who is learning to love one another as Jesus loves one another. Uh, and I just want to look at a couple of them uh, right now. Uh, this one's from uh, Romans uh, chapter 12, uh, verse 10. It says, honor one another above yourself. Uh, in Ephesians 5, 21, it says, submit to one another. Uh, in Philippians 2, verse 3, it says, consider others better than yourself. Uh, and in Philippians 2, 4, it says, look to the interest of one another. Uh, and then two more. Uh, this is from Galatians chapter 5, and I've been thinking about this one uh, a lot over the last week. Uh, as we're out here in Central Illinois, uh, we're around the 4th of July holiday. I don't know when you're watching this, so you might be a ways from the 4th of July. 
but especially around the 4th of July, you hear lots of messages about freedom uh, and about liberty uh, and about like you should get your rights. Like here's our rights. Here's our privilege as Americans. Uh, And here's what uh, Paul says in Galatians chapter 5. He says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And then lastly, uh, this one's a little bit long. I'm going to read the whole thing to you. Uh, But this one is incredibly important. Uh, So again, our main verse that we're looking at for the summer is this thing that Jesus says in John 13 of love one another as I have loved you. Uh, But like everything that's in the Bible and everything that Jesus said, uh, that phrase didn't, you know, wasn't just like in a vacuum. You know, these aren't little like fortune cookie sayings. Uh, this is in in context. Uh, and the context of where Jesus is saying this statement is he is at dinner with his closest friends, uh, his disciples, in what we often call the Last Supper. Uh, and the way that the Last Supper begins is with this story that I'm about uh, to read you at the very beginning of John 13. Uh, And as I read this, uh, I want you to think about a couple things. Uh, I want to think about Jesus. Think about, again, the idea of freedom, power, liberty, rights, privilege, and like just how much rights, how much authority, how much power, how how much Jesus deserved. Like Jesus had every ability to get whatever he wanted. Like he was the ultimate, like he could have pursued his own happiness at all costs. So think about that as you look at this, just how much power and authority Jesus had. And then secondly, think about the idea of discipleship and that these kids, uh, these uh, people that are around Jesus are his disciples. Uh, They have decided that they want to follow Jesus as as teacher, uh, as Messiah, uh, as rabbi. And so they are looking, they are watching, they are listening to every single thing that Jesus says because they want to try to copy that in their own life. They're trying to be apprentices of Jesus. Uh, So here's uh, what it says in the very beginning of uh, uh, John chapter 13. And this is from the message version of the Bible. It says, just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come to leave this world to go to the Father. Having loved his dear companions, he continued to love them right to the end. It was supper time. The devil by now had Judas, son of Simon the Iscariot, firmly in his grip, all set for betrayal. Jesus knew that the Father had put him in complete charge of everything, that he came from God and was on his way back to God. All this authority. So... He got up from the supper table, set aside his robe, and put on an apron. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the feet of his disciples, drying them with his apron. When he got to Simon Peter, Peter said, Master, you're going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You don't understand now what I'm doing, but it will be clear enough later. Jesus persisted, You're not going to wash my feet, ever. Jesus said, if I don't wash you, you can't be part of what I'm doing. Master, said Peter, not only my feet then, wash my hands, wash my head. Jesus said, if you've had a bath in the morning, you only need your feet washed now and you're clean from head to toe. My concern, you understand, is holiness, not hygiene. 
So you're clean, but not every one of you. He knew who was going to betray him. That's why he said not every one of you. After he had finished washing their feet, he took his robe, he put it back on, and went back to his place at the table. And then he said, Do you understand what I have done for you? You address me as teacher and master, and rightly so. That is what I am. So if I, the master and teacher, washed your feet, you must now wash each other's feet. I have laid down a pattern for you. What I've done, you do. I'm only pointing out the obvious. A servant is not ranked above his master. An employee doesn't give orders to the employee. If you understand what I'm telling you, act like it and live a blessed life. What does it look like to love other people as Jesus loves us? What does it look like in the Jesus school of life to build deep relationships? Apparently, it looks like honoring one another above ourselves. It looks like submitting our wills, our privilege, our preferences to one another. It means considering other people as better than ourselves. It means that we look to the interest of one another. It means that we serve one another. It means that we wash each other's feet. And as you're listening to all that, I'm sure that there's lots of different questions that, that pop up. Like, what does that really mean? Like, what does that look like in your and my real, actual, everyday life, you know, with our family, with our friends, with our neighbors, like how extreme, how radical are we really supposed to live this out? Like, I mean, John, are you saying that like you're never going to watch the Indy 500 again so that you can spend even more time serving and loving and putting the interests of your friends above your own? Like when you're in the van, are you only going to listen to dinosaur songs? Like, what about like self-care? You know what I mean? Wait, isn't there like a, a point where you could be like, you know, you're serving and helping everybody so much that like you're not taking care of yourself? Like, what about that? And those are all fantastic questions. And what I would love for every single one of us to do as we go through the summer is we want to be a part of these small groups, uh, three, four, eight, ten people that we get together and we discuss what we talked about uh, in these videos. And so get together with your group and talk about it. What do you think this looks like in your real life? If you're going to decide to be a disciple of Jesus, if you're going to love other people like Jesus loves us, what does it look like to wash the people's feet in your life? What does it look like to submit your will to other people's will in your life? What does it look like to put the interest of other people above yourself? Discuss it, uh, talk about it, uh, challenge each other, and try to figure out what that looks like. Um, but as you do that, I do want to give you two concrete applications, uh, two different practices uh, that you can live out uh, over the next couple days and weeks as we go through the summer. Uh, the first one is I want to encourage you to pray for the other people in your life. Uh, and in general, uh, prayer is a great habit that we are all trying to get into. Uh, but one of the things that is at least true for me is that uh, I can often I mean, I'm just can be so selfish and I can just think so much of myself and, you know, I, mean, I wake up in the morning and I'm thinking about me and what I have going on and my schedule and, you know, the things that I'm worried about and the things that I'm stressed about and it's just, you know, me, 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 me. And even when I pray, 
I can spend so much time talking to God about me and my issues and my problems. And that's okay. I think God wants to hear about my problems and my issues, and he wants to hear about yours too. But when we pray, let's make a practice over the next couple of weeks of intentionally taking time to pray for a handful of other people and really try to think about what's going on in their life. Uh, what's good? Well, what do they celebrate in their life? Well, what are they stressed about? Well, what are they worried about? What are the things that are really going on in their life? And just spend some time really praying for other people uh, and asking God, God, show me, give me your eyes. Give me your ears for that other person. Help me to see them like you see them. Help me to hear them like you hear them. And if, while you're praying for them, if God starts to bring something up, you know, if the Holy Spirit puts a little something in your head of something that you could do, say, uh, on on their behalf as a way to serve them, do it. Uh, take that take that plunge. Uh, then the second thing kind of built off that uh, is uh, this uh, other command that Jesus gave uh, this is often called the golden rule. Uh, you've probably heard this before. This comes from Matthew chapter 7. Uh, so it says, So in everything, do to others what you would have them do for you. This sums up the law and the prophets. Uh, and I love the way, this is the way the message version translates it. It says, Here is a simple rule of thumb, a guide for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you and then grab the initiative and do it for them. Add up God's law and prophets, and this is what you get. And I bet, like me, there's a lot of things that you would love other people to do for you. Uh, I would love, you know, now I wish people would call me. I wish people would text me. I wish people would invite me over for dinner. Uh, I wish people would just kind of recognize, you know, this thing, you know, this project I have going on in life and would just show up and help me. Uh, there's lots of things that I can think of that I wish the people in my life would do for me. And what Jesus says is take that initiative and whatever you want people to do for you, go and do it for other people. What is it that you would love other people to do for you? And sometime today, sometime this week, take that initiative and send someone that text. Give someone a call. Uh, give, uh, extend that invitation to spend some time with someone. Uh, meet that need that's going on in their life. Uh, and go and try to follow that rule of Jesus. Uh, and then finally, uh, as we talk about all this, this is like so, so much of what Jesus says is so counterintuitive. Uh, but I want to make sure we understand what Jesus is doing here. Because it's not that Jesus is saying, okay, like, there's a way in which you can live, you know, where you could, you know, it's your way right away, you know, and you know, treat yourself and, you know, pursue your happiness and, you know, but we're going to follow Jesus and like, ah, the way of Jesus is like so difficult and hard, you know, but like, ah, I guess I'm going to do it anyways, even though it's just like drudgery and, you know, difficult. And I don't think that's at all what Jesus is saying. The way of Jesus is difficult. It is countercultural. It is like a complete rewiring of our hearts and lives. And in many ways, it's like so anti everything else that we're getting as the messages in our culture. But I really believe that it's the best way to live. Uh, here's what uh, author uh, John Orberg uh, says. He says, there is a me you want to be. Ironically, Becoming this person will never happen if my primary focus is on me. Just as no one becomes happy if their main goal is to be happy, 
God made you to flourish, but flourishing never happens by looking out for number one. It's tied to a grander and nobler vision. The world badly needs wise and flourishing human beings, and we are called to bring God's wisdom and glory to the world. The truth is, those who flourish always bring blessing to others, and they can do so in the most unexpected and humble circumstances. Well, here's what Jesus says. So if I, the master and teacher, washed your feet, you must now wash each other's feet. I've laid down a pattern for you. What I've done, you do. I'm only pointing out the obvious. A servant is not ranked above his master. An employee doesn't give orders to the employee. If you understand what I'm telling you, act like it. And you will live a blessed life. Jesus wants us to live a blessed life. He wants us to have deep relationships. He wants us to live the best life possible. And the way is to follow him into this countercultural way of putting other people ahead of us, of thinking of the needs of other people before the needs of ourselves, of laying down our lives, of daily picking up our cross and following the way of Jesus to wash one another's feet. So let's do it. Love you guys, and we'll see you in the next video.